Hi, I'm Peter Mullen from Mullen Natural Health Centre. Have you ever thought about coming to see a naturopath but weren't sure if we could help? Why not try our free 15-minute phone consultations? Call 4961 4075 or go to mullenhealth.com.au for details. Well, it is that time. Peter Mullen, we're back. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Mark. Did you miss me not being here last week? I did miss you last week. Yeah, okay, that's good. We had no calls for that... Um Dating service. Oh, I knew he'd get me straight away. <laughs> if you missed a couple of weeks ago, Peter tried to throw me under the bus and said, uh, we're going to set up a dating profile I'm for sure you, I'm sure someone out there would have a nice daughter or okay. know, someone. <laughs> or someone. Thank you, Peter. Look, let's move on from that. This morning, we'll, this afternoon, we'll be talking about a topic that we covered a long time ago, water. Yeah, absolutely. Drinking enough water is an important part of keeping healthy. But, you know, how much thought do we give to where the water actually comes from? Let's go back to the very essence of the whole thing. Why is water so important? Well, when you think about it, like um, our body is composed of 60% 60 to 70% fluid. Mm -hmm. So our cells live in a fluid environment. Like our, the first, our first organ, like with clients that come and see me, like a lot of clients that I would see, I would consider to be dehydrated. You know, things like coffee. If you drink two cups of coffee, you'll wee out two and a third cups of water. You know, coffee, right? tea, alcohol, they're all diuretics. So a lot of things, even um, sugary soft drinks, have a diuretic. Oh, sorry, what was that? <laughs> sorry, just that, Peter. <laughs> well, you don't drink soft drink anymore anyway. You only have water. My, um, you my, become very pure. I've just got to say this. My, my personal trainer, he does this uh, winter challenge, so we're, we're doing different things each week. Yes. And this week was, uh, I turned up at training last night, no fizzy drinks all week. So I, I, I did hear that one. So I'm not this, this week there's no fizzy drinks. It's all water. Yeah, absolutely. Like when you think, I always say to the kids that come into work, like, you know, what are, what are monkeys in the wild drink? And they say water. And I say, well, what are, what are kids, what us humans should only be drinking? So it's the same thing. We really are, we've evolved over thousands of years to only drink water. That and makes then, sense, doesn't it? It, it does. So, and now we have all these other things that we absolutely. have. Absolutely. So they're not, they're not, they're not, really meant to hydrate us or provide any health benefit. So the two organs, the first organ sensitive to dehydration is your liver. You know, I've talked before on this show about the liver being like a pool filter. You know, when you're 20, it's like you've got this brand new pool filter. It doesn't matter what you throw in the water the next day, it's all <laughs> pristine. As we get older, that filter doesn't work as well. So hydration plays a role with your liver and liver detox. The next organ to be affected by dehydration is your brain. So, you know, people that suffer brain fog, cloudy thinking, difficulty getting going in the morning, getting going in the morning, you know, drinking a large glass of water first thing on rising is absolutely essential. I, I say this to all my kids, you know, if you want to turn your brain on in the morning, have a big glass of water first thing and it will make a massive difference. I, I reckon that's so tough. Like I can drink plenty of water in a day. I've By midday, I've usually gone through a litre and a half. But yep. getting up straight out of bed, just throwing a glass of water down, that is just tough, Peter. Well, one of the best things you can do, make it a bit easier for yourself, a cup of hot water with a squeeze of half a lemon in it. Okay. It's a really great, and it's warm water, hot water boiled in the kettle, never drink it hot out of the tap, but a cup of hot water boiled in the kettle with the juice of lemon in it, the hot water's heaps easier to drink and it actually helps to really get all your detox processes going. So you mentioned no hot water from the tap. What's going on there that we should be concerned about? Well, that's what, that's what I wanted to talk a bit about today is, you know, where our water comes from. You know, and water should be consumed. Water's kind of like our fruit and vegetable. It's, it's, it's like basic to our development. You know, we were, we were born and evolved over millions of years to just drink water. Um, 
So water should be consumed in its most natural estate possible. Now, in the Hunter, we have an awesome water supply. You know, we have water, good water storage capacity. We have the ability every time you turn on a tap, you get beautiful, clean, um, clean-appearing water coming out. Unfortunately, the downside of, of that is that to get that much water from a dam to be in a drinking state for us, you know, a lot of chemicals have to be added. Like, basically, they have to sterilize that water. Because, you know, you think about it after all the floods, you know, where cows are floating down the river and, you know, dead things end up in our waterways. Mm. There's a lot of chemical treatment has to happen to water before we actually can, you know, turn the tap on and get it into a glass. So while we have awesome um, water supply ability in Australia, um, I'm a big fan that, you know, or one of the problems is that, that our, our tap water is going to contain a lot of chemicals. Okay. So... Things like um, aluminium, chlorine, fluoride. Last weekend, and fluoride, you know, again, a lot of controversy around fluoride, particularly when it comes to protecting our teeth. So I'm not against um, fluoride in its natural state. Um, The challenge with our water, though, is that, you know, chemicals like chlorine and some of the other bromides that come through with it may actually interfere our gut flora, interfere with our gut flora. So one of the the benefits, chlorine, it's... Chlorine upsets our thyroid function as well. Chlorine will actually bind to receptor sites in the body where iodine would normally bind to. So if you're drinking lots of tap water, that can be one of the reasons why your thyroid is not going to be working properly and hence your whole metabolism. Chlorine also upsets your gut flora. You know, I went to that congress last weekend up at the Hunter Valley. That's and right. Uh, I was telling you before that yeah, there's a great breakfast that you need to have, and I hope you had. A I good did. Breakfast. I did go and test that out good, for you. Good, good. That was that all you could eat oh. as quick as you can. Pretty much all you can <laughs> eat breakfast. So yeah. So oops, I've just got short all of a sudden. So chlorine, um, yeah, chlorine definitely. You know, so I'm a big fan of um getting a water filter. The other thing that's shown up in, in tap water is things like heavy metals. Surprisingly, not the bands, but the a lot of those heavier <laughs> actual metal. Now, most of these things that are coming through, Peter, is it mostly from the treatment that we have to do, or is some of this stuff still occurring naturally and and getting through that in, in the tap water? Well, it it sort of depends on on the the services and the systems. Um, in the states, you know, they've done studies with their water and they've found medication in their water, so antidepressants, this, wow, antibiotics. So how can this be? Well, when you take these drugs and you go and do a wee. And it's got to go somewhere. It's got to, the me- metabolites go out and um, end up back in our water supply. That's actually quite frightening when you think about it, all these things that are going in there. And- Absolutely. And then you think about the amount of chemicals and, and things that we, we use. Like, no, there's not many places on the planet today that you could go to the creek and drink the water out of the creek. Mm. So it's a scary thought. So that's so as I said, like our water supply in in this country is phenomenal. You know, our access to good clean water. But I'm I'm a big fan of going one step further, and also pesticides as well, and actually filtering the water when it comes into the house. And I'll talk to that, talk about that in a little while. We had a call in the in the break there, Peter, from Rick at Singleton, inquiring about the rainwater in the rainwater tanks. How does that fit into the scheme of things with us today? And you're screwing your face up, so I'm, oh, look. I'm bracing myself for an answer. <clears throat> if, I, if I lived in the country, say, I think Rick was from up the country, up the valley, I think I would get the water tested for things like heavy metals just because of the, um, the power stations up the, the valley. Um, you know, there is this concept that pollution basically, you know, lands on the roof 
when it rains, you know, after it rains, you know, everybody sort of feels so much better because the air is so much cleaner. All that particles and all those particles and dust is out of the air. But unfortunately, it may end up on your roof, which may have, well, you might not have had rain for a while. And then that may all end up in your water supply. So if I had a tank and I lived in the country, I think I would get the water tested for heavy metals and um, just making sure that it is clean. Otherwise, I think I would still look at investing in a filter. Okay, so still a filter. Which is, which is sad to say this day and age, but like pollution is everywhere. Like we're still producing pollutions that, like chemicals that have half-lives of hundreds of years that are toxic. You know, Roundup, Roundup's been banned in other countries in the world and we still use it in Australia. So, you know... So, so even if we were to have a complete blanket ban on some of these things today, we're still going to... Um, we're going to be copying the effects of them for a long time, long time coming, So, which is why it's never too late to start to... Do the right thing. Do the okay, right thing. Okay, bottled water as an option to uh, an option to tap water. How do we feel about that, Peter? So I'm looking at Rob over there drinking out of his um plastic bottled water. Mm. Rob's our new producer, and um, bottled water does seem like it's a, a better option, but it's definitely not chemical free. Now, and I don't I don't know where I've come across these stats, but I've written it down, so it must be partially true. Um, around forty percent of bottled water may just be re bottled tap water so how can this be so how is that a thing because we all hear that it's spring water it comes from all these special places there's usually a waterfall on the on the label on the picture yeah. yes but as we know you know surface water in australia is not going to be unpolluted um spring water hopefully you're going to have a better option because the pollution might not have filtered down there yet but apparently some of that um, water that's saying spring fed may just be re-bottled tap water which is an interesting concept um, drinking bottled water also puts you at risk of ingesting what's called bisphenol A. And one of the problems, particularly they say with the cheaper, is yours, a so yours is a soft plastic bottle you've got there. So if you squeeze it, it wrinkles. Yeah, so those soft plastic bottles that might have been sitting in the sun on the back of a truck for months, or maybe not in the sun for months, but you know, sitting in those bottles, um, you get an increased leak of a chemical called bisphenol A, which is a synthetic hormone disruptor and um, used to make plastic. And BPA has been linked to serious health conditions like learning difficulties, um, prostate and breast cancer, um, altered immune system function, early puberty, increased risk of obesity. So that's why, again, if you can get a home water filter system, I'm sort of coming back to that. I think that's really the best way to go. Buy water bottles that are BPA-free. You know, we use glass ones. At home, you just got to be a bit more careful with them, but they're sort of made in you know those non shock proof, you're not going to damage it, um, glass or stainless steel. And you know, take your own water with you. Mm. So, with the, with the bottled water, keep away if you can for the, the really soft ones, yeah, keep away. And it, should, it should be one that's BPA free, and also to bottled water like those plastic bottles have a pretty devastating impact on our environment as well. So, you know, and there's a there's a great movie out at the moment. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say the name, but it's called um, War on Waste. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. It's on, on TV. Yep. Yeah, so that's a really interesting one for people that are really interested in looking at how they can reduce their, their waste because, again, we're just making a big mess for ourselves, aren't we? And particularly if uh, the bottles have got BPA in it. That, Absolutely. Yeah, because that has been a thing for a little while that, you know, we need to watch that, we need to get away from it. And, and until you, you don't know what you don't know, until you hear about it, you think, oh, it's a plastic water bottle, that should be cool. Well, one of the things I'm finding a lot more is that a lot of um, young girls that come to see us that as, as patients, you know, with polycystic ovarian syndrome, endometriosis, 
no period, heavy periods, like all sorts of variations in cycle that, you know, should just be a natural process. You know, I would sort of, my theory is, just my opinion, but it's it's partly to do with this increased chemical soup that we're all sort of um, coming in contact with. Peter, we're back talking about uh, water, filtered water. You've been waiting to get right into this one, so... What, what, what's the go? Filtered water, yes? Well, I do, I do think that um, um, filtered water is the way to go. As I said before, we do have fantastic water supply, but it's like so many things. The more we can sort of take a bit of control ourselves and actually know what we're putting into our bodies, that's going to be better for us. And, you know, water's beneficial for, you know, for life. You know, it's one of those things. Oxygen, we can only go without three or four minutes. Water, three to four days. So after oxygen, it's the second most important thing that we need to be doing on a regular basis. So three types of water filters that you can sort of basically choose from. And, and, you know, there's a water filter to suit all budgets. The first, the starting point for someone that just wanted to sort of try the difference between tap water would be one of those, like, jugs you can get with a carbon cartridge. The challenge is you have to replace them every three to six months. can be a bit expensive, but if 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 you want to just get started, you want to sort of see what the difference is between your tap water and just using a simple filter like that, that's a great starting place for someone that, you know, just wants to check it out. Um, I've always used what's called a reverse osmosis filter at home. Now, currently, we don't have one at home because we're sort of kind of between houses. But um, reverse osmosis, the challenge with that, well, the good thing is it does take out a lot of your chemicals, but it does take out a lot of your minerals as well. And there's a fair bit of water wastage with that as well. But I still sort of think of that as probably the gold standard if you want really good quality filtered water. So that would be a case of knowing what is being taken out and sort of put that back into a diet and supplements and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making sure you're adding that that, that back in in some other way. Um, then you've got your granular carbon and carbon block filters. So we have one we use at work, actually, which is a, um, a BPA-free, big plastic bottle free, BPA-free, and we top it up with water and it has a couple of different stages of cartridges. So it comes, it's like in a big drinking unit. So that's quite good as well. It's probably not as clean as the reverse osmosis, but economically that's probably um, more economical and the water quality is fairly close. So you see that you need to look at the list of what things take out to know how tight you want to be. Um, we noticed that uh, Peter being a very economically aware there, he wasn't going to shout the, uh, the full osmosis one for the workplace. Were you? <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, back, no. Moving, f- moving forward. That is true. Thank you for moving pointing forward. that out. Um, but I'm quite happy with the one we've got at work. He's quite good. It takes out pretty much everything, but it leaves in the minerals that you need. So, you know, there's some benefits to that too. Um, and then you've got your iron exchange filters, which remove dissolved salts in the water, such as um, calcium and exchange natural forming mineral ions. Um, so basically neutralizes harmful effect on creating scale buildup and stuff like that. So, um, but, but money for money, like either I would either go the reverse osmosis or a really good carbon filter one with the the zeolite um, volcanic rocks in it as well is probably the next best after that. I have seen those. I have drank from one of those in the past. They're quite okay. Yeah, mm. yeah, they are. And you can also get, um, you know, for kids that have or families where everyone's got eczema, you can get like a home. You can put a filter on at the at your house. So that means all your shower water and your bath water and your drinking water is going to be filtered as well. So 
there's lots of options depending on you know why you're doing it and and what you can manage at the time. And I guess as well, the key is to be doing something instead of nothing. You're going to be making a step in the right direction. Oh look, oh look, I'm very big on recommending everybody drink plenty of water. So, you know, I'd be a bit remiss to say drink your two liters or eight glasses if you're not then going to be filtering and taking chemicals out that are going to be further impacting upon your health. So, which is what we don't want. To in your RFM 103.7 Health and Wellbeing with Peter Mullen. Just before we wrap up, Peter, we've got a call from Sue at Lambton. You want to talk, Sue, about wheat flour with Peter today? Hi, Peter. Thanks Hi, for taking my call. Um, I've chosen to um, replace wheat flour um, in my diet with spelt flour or buckwheat flour. What's your thoughts on those choices as an alternative? Look, I'm, I'm, if, if you can tolerate um, gluten and some of the other mm. proteins in wheat, then spelt flour is definitely a better alternative than wheat flour. It's lower in gluten. It's one of the older-fashioned forms of grain. So if you can yeah. tolerate those proteins in in a, in a wheat type stuff, then the gluten's I'm um, sorry, then the spelt's a good way to go. Okay, um, I, I don't have a problem with gluten. I just um, I've read um, a book called The Wheat Belly recently, yes, and yes. Um, I just don't want to eat wheat because of the rubbish that's in it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd use spelt, but I'd still only use it sparingly. Oh, okay. You know, I wouldn't be having spelt bread every day. Okay. And um, buckwheat flour, buckwheat's great because it's not even related to wheat what no, or spelt whatsoever. Rhubarb. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And what about the coconut and banana flour and things like that? They're okay? Um, yeah, my family uses the coconut flour a bit and they quite, they quite like that um, yep. and the buckwheat um, flour as well. So, yeah, they're great alternatives. Some great oh, options. Yeah, Sue, some great options there for you. And uh, look, for, oh, it's lunchtime. We're talking about all this, all this sort of stuff here. I haven't got a cheese sandwich out there waiting for me. <laughs> thank you, Sue. Thank oh, you very lucky, much. Lucky you. Yeah, thank you for that, Sue. Peter, <laughs> Thanks, you've, Peter. Peter, you've got some talks coming up and uh, the scary truth about carbs and sugar on the 27th. Yeah, next week we've got a great talk on... You know, exactly that, the scary truth about carbs and sugar, and particularly for anyone that's interested in um, losing losing weight, um, managing blood sugar issues better, help with diabetes, that sort of thing. Um, but really, I always say, you know, we all should be on a low glycemic diet these days anyway, so the talk's really for anyone. Um, the week after, natural remedies for thyroid health, and there's plenty of seats left for both of those talks. Sounds very good. And Peter Marlon back on the radio next week as well. What have we got next week, Peter? Uh, next week, natural approaches to helping people with diabetes and insulin resistance. Okay, so if uh, diabetes is something that you're considering or if you've got some thoughts on uh, next week, Peter Mullen will be back as always uh, on a Tuesday afternoon. Thanks, Peter. Have a good afternoon yourself. Thanks very much, Mark. I'll see you then. See you when you Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.